0: How good was that? Let's remain. Hi. Oh, man, I love this church. We have a beautiful family. Excuse me, I'm not pregnant. This is just how I feel today. (laughs) I'm just going to sit. So um, Facebook-wise, did most of you, because I know how much we all love Facebook, um, I shared a memory of when I spoke on fasting and how intercession and fasting go together about three years ago. I, I reposted it to the Facebook page this week. Have you seen it? It's really important. Please read it, go to it, see it. We could probably share it on the public one if you're new and you're wanting to join in with what we're doing. Um, Because I'm not going to teach on the specifics of fasting again today, but you probably need to make a decision on how you're going to fast today. The worst bit of a fast when it starts tomorrow is if you don't decide till tomorrow, because then it ends up not happening till the next day and then the next day. Let's be real. Intentional living means choosing your fast today and preparing your heart for tomorrow. All right? Is that okay? Pigging out today? No, part of my teaching is that you probably should withdraw on some things today, so it's easier tomorrow. All right. It's wisdom for your body. That wasn't a cheat. It's actually so your body can progress. Um, I've got notes. Do you mind if I scrap them? I'll come back to them a little bit, but I'm going to still come back to it because the focus is this week. But I felt the Lord tell me one sentence, and I thought we could chew on it together. Is that okay? Who was here when I taught on listening? Yay? We're an active listening church, so feel free to talk back to me. I can handle it. I can put you in your place. No. No, it's safe to just give what you're thinking. We discuss. Um, If it's really, really bad, we just get one of the ushers to take you out quietly to the back corner. I can feel the Holy Spirit. This is going to be fun. Okay. Just a Holy Spirit hungry person at the moment, so we'll just roll. Um, So yesterday morning, Saturday morning, um, I woke up thinking it's a riptide moment. So just to help you out, riptide moment. Man, I'm going to puff the whole way. I can feel it. It's just, it's good. It's just my gut's going... (laughs) We're fine. Holy Spirit, we love him, right? I've already told this to someone else, so if I fall on the floor, they can continue with the word. I'd much rather this anyway. Um, I grew up for half my life in a landlocked country, so I recognized very quickly that my thought wasn't my thought because I had no idea what that meant. Um, I have not grown up by the beach I am not a surfer. I can't even skateboard, and that has nothing to do with the sea. I'm just not good at that posture and balance. But it's a riptide moment. Okay, so who here knows what a riptide is? Yes, we're going to figure this one out. First things first, though, that I want to acknowledge when listening to the Lord, especially through a dream, even if all it was was it sounded like a phrase as I woke up, what time did I hear it? When in the morning. All right, well, if it's first thing in the morning, you can know that it's a now word, okay? It even has an urgency to it. If you wake up from a dream and it's 7 a.m. and it's woken you, you can know that it's a now thing. Is that all right? I will give you millions of books on this, but can we just process it today and stop coming at me with, what's the scripture? I will give you them. All right, I am the person who backs up things with scripture, but today we're just going to have fun. Is that all right? All right. Because we have trust in the room. I can feel it. Hallelujah. Okay, first thing, if I can keep standing. Wow! Okay.
1: More, oh, Lord. I can Okay. So, first thing in the
0: morning, we need to. Wow, okay, so it's now, okay? Cool. So it's a now word. Wow. Um, Notice this. If someone said a day, if someone said a second, if someone said a moment, if someone said a year, what does moment imply as much as we can gather? It's just a small moment of time, okay? It's not gonna last forever, yes? Small moment of time. It can still mean it could be a day, it could be a week could even be a month for some it could be a couple of years but it's a moment in context of what the Lord's yeah love, love you Jesus we love you Jesus okay good weepy woman all right riptide what's another word for a riptide no yes but no undertow is a kind version of a riptide. Does that help people? Okay, let me draw a diagram and then we'll do it. This is the edge of the waters coming onto the shore. This is the sand, starfish. You guys know the story. Throw them all back in. All right, so then we have waves crashing in one you want to go surfing. Yep, waves are coming. They're rolling in. So normally when a riptide forms as far as I'm aware, because I had to research this yesterday. He gives me time, isn't he kind? If you told me this morning, I would be like, not not talking on it." Um, so, when when the when it's l- lower, <laughs> 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 so the waves crash they are going under and over and so in in a deep tide time that just swells and grooves but as the tide goes out further and it's lower they di- it digs into the sand and crashes over right so what can happen because the waves tend to do a motion like this yes and they can crash together so it's usually a culmination of lots of waves are happening is that a portion of the sea forms almost like a banky uh, sand pass where it's all gulfed in together. It doesn't necessarily mean it's always shallow, but it's a little bit more murky, sandy, and less wavy. So to the to the non-knower of how the sea works, you would look at it and go, that's the calmest part of the sea. That's where I'm going to swim with my kids because it's not so wavy. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, right? All right. The more wavy and uh, some areas of the world, this is It's like signposts go up, beware, whatever. So, waves crash, whatever. Riptide looks like this. Waves crash, come to the sea. There's a split where there's not so much waves, and so the return of the water suctions through this way. Yes? It's actually called a rip current, but we call it tide. It has nothing to do with tide, so every time I googled it, it would say, yes, everyone calls it rip tide, but it's actually called a rip current. And so for someone who's not a strong swimmer or doesn't know anything about the sea, you would stand here knee deep and think that you're safe. But if you channel in just a bit, the current can be so strong that it would literally knock you out. There's even talk of people who can be standing here and the right wave can hit and pull. So you can even not be in the water. But if you are ankle deep, can people start hearing spiritual things already? Ankle deep or knee deep, it will suck you. Whoo. It doesn't suck you under, so it's not about drowning you, it's sucking you out, okay? So there is no, this is not a drowning factor unless you respond incorrectly. So it pulls you out, right? But 90% of every riptide, rip current goes like this. And then comes back through the wave, yep. So it does like a circular motion, you see that? So how do people learn to survive in a riptide? Ooh, go with it. All right, if you get like a literal banner or sign or one phrase they say, float and go with it. It's the most common thing is do not resist the current all right, if you, the, 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 power, the more powerful they get, they say that you can move from here to here, which is about 100 meters offshore within a minute. It pulls. It is rapid. And for those who have a fear or a panic or a lack of trust with what the Holy Spirit is doing, let's just go into the interpretation. This will panic you and you'll wonder how to get back to where you were. It never comes back here but they say that the strongest Olympic swimmer cannot swim against that current. It cannot beat it. The only way out is to change your direction of will. So you swim sideways if you're a strong swimmer and then join the bay, come back at a different spot. So you're forever changed regardless. Or you float and yield, yield, surrender and come back and enjoy the ride. Or, you try your hardest to swim back. The highest cause of death in the ocean is? Riptide. 100 people a year drown because they don't know what they're in and so they try to swim against the current back and they lose the battle. These are known to be very narrow. They're actually not that wide. If you're a strong swimmer, you should be able to, if not sideways, then even diagonally come out. If you're not a strong swimmer, your only option is to yield and trust it'll bring you out somewhere else and you'll have to find how to go from there. If you're a strong swimmer, maybe a surfer, do you enjoy a riptide surfers? That's where you go to. Hey, so if this is a negative to you, you will spend your energy resisting it. But if it's a positive to you, you will gain energy running with it. And then enjoy the ride to wherever he's taking you. Do you see that? Is that fun? Oh, ocean people. I feel we're entering a riptide moment through fasting. We're in it. Like, even if you're standing here, a little wave might nick you. But if you're not confident with following the Holy Spirit and it's terrifying, or if there's even been resistance, I like how it's been, I like what I know, this is where the Lord, the Holy Spirit is saying, it's a a riptide moment. And your choice is to resist it and possibly spend all your energy and maybe drown, or Yield to it and come out somewhere new and enjoy the ride. Is that okay? What does yielding often look like? We talk of surrender, we talk of yielding. It's obviously a trust thing, isn't it? It's a lot to do with the unknown and it's okay, God. We don't even know what we're saying okay to. It can feel very against the matter of the mind, the human understanding, which he wants to have engaged, so he will always coach us through. I've found anything spiritual, I have to chew it, and then I get the understanding. I cannot get the understanding and then chew it. So you've got to do the ride, and then in hindsight, go, wow, wow, wow. You cannot try and figure it all out before you say yes to the ride. That reminds me of Kath Hurry and roller coaster rides. Where is she? That was so funny. Never mind. Lifehub jokes. Um, so fasting this week, for me, I've even put in here, I want to do, it's what you call a bridegroom fast. It's what Jesus said the disciples will do when he's gone, which is that you actually fast... So, so, For more than what normally would happen for fasting. Old Testament fasting. Even John's disciples would fast. And it would be to experience the power of God. It would be... um, You can even put the seven types of biblical fasting up for me, Andrew. And I won't go through all the scriptures. But it's up there. There are lots of reasons why people yeah, just flick through them too. Fasting for prophetic revelation, especially concerning end times. We can even have these on rotation at the end if you want to jot down some of the scriptures. Fasting for the fulfillment of God's promises to our city and nation. Fasting to stop crisis. Fasting for protection. Fasting for direction. And then we have fasting for for and intimacy with God, which is the bridegroom fast. And this one is the one, because John's disciples come up to Jesus and say, we're still fasting, the Pharisees are still fasting, and then you're supposed to be the most spiritual leader, and your disciples aren't fasting. Why is that? That's in Matthew 9. Do you want to put that up? Andrew? Yeah. Is that right? It should be verse 14 first. Thank you. The disciples of John the baptizer approached Jesus with the question, why is it that we and the Pharisees fast regularly, but not your disciples? And Jesus replied, how can the sons of the bride chamber grieve when the bridegroom is next to them? It's the first time in scripture that he calls himself the bridegroom. Right here, to do with fasting. But the days of fasting will come. So, yea, it's New Testament. The days of fasting will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. And who would mend worn-out cloth with new fabric when the new cloth shrinks it? It will rip. So it's all to do with the new wine skin. I just want to elaborate on this. I love how he co- talks about the sons of the bridal chamber. That's the Shulamite. So he's already referring to Song of Songs. Remember when you did on Song of Songs how we are his, we are his bride. So what he's talking about is that then I'm gonna, I'm gonna die, go to heaven. Send forth my Holy Spirit, and through the enabling grace of the Holy Spirit, you will fast because you long for me. You mourn for me. And we can kind of be like, but, you know, he wants us to be joyful, and he's given us the Holy Spirit, and it's true, but we can't know true joy without Jesus. True joy is, not, is no such thing without the presence of God. And when you've been, can you imagine walking around physically in the presence of God for three years, these disciples, enjoying the fellowship with God? And then he goes, the longing... To be with him again. This is what Jesus says that our fast will be that we will fast for a longing. If you find that you don't know what yielding looks like and you don't know what surrender looks like, it's usually to do with the tenderness of your heart. Do you live with a longing? Do you live with your heart hard and you're not quite sure how to wake up? Or is your heart sensitive and therefore sometimes you feel agony for Jesus? longing for Jesus he he said that he would wound us he would afflict us with desire that it would have it, a, it would actually have a form of pain so then again if we have a fear of pain we may have that shut down it's a righteous pain it's a longing for his coming he even said that we would pray you know our father who is art in heaven Hello be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be down on earth as it is in heaven, right? And so we have a longing for the second coming of Jesus. That's the ultimate longing, that when he comes again, Revelations 22, come, be continuously coming. That come, Lord Jesus, come, is be continuously coming, which means from the moment that I met you, continue to come upon me, continue to move through me, continue to expand within me, continue to magnify your name within me. It's a be continuously coming, that that would be our cry, if you find in your daily life you don't have have an increase of burn, a stoking, a hunger, a delight, a wonder, a thirst, a desperateness, excitement, I have to spend time with Jesus, I need to know him more, then I can guarantee you there's a hard place in there, and your hard place is your resistance place, and it keeps going this way. tenderheartedness is what allows us to yield. Tenderheartedness produces the ability to go wherever he wants to go. It's highly interlinked with, with, with lordship. It's highly interlinked with trust. But, and I know those topics are huge topics, but we can't go anywhere in those topics unless something gets soft again. Is that all right? So when we look at the bridegroom fast, even though we have all those other ones that are important, this one says, I need your presence rather than the power that you can give or to escape judgment and crisis. I need you. I was watching one of the videos and he says, he says, just be calm. Don't you love it? Be calm. Are there sharks? What the heck's going on? My ocean's far. I can't see the land anymore. Hello, friends. Be calm. Sure. I think someone else in the comments said, you're drowning. Yes, be calm. (laughs) But it says, be calm and raise one hand for rescue. And I was like, oh, yeah, man. Like, just surrender and raise one hand and say, do it, Jesus. Do it. You do it. It's only Him that can soften your heart. It is only Him that can pull you through. It is only Him that can understand what He's doing, where He's taking you. It is only Him. There is such a, a wonderful posture of surrender: is that I don't have to know everything anymore. And as much as we try and keep as much as control as we can, we can never be in control. Do you know what I mean? Something else is controlling us. It's fear, it's intimidation, it's bitterness, it's judgment, it's hardness. We've become dead to life. But if we surrender, we come full to life and we put our hand up to the one who can lead us. That's our rescue. We can be, that's our place where it is right to be a victim. (laughs) We can go, I need rescuing. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful, humble place to be. So I wanted to invite you into the bridegroom fast, but I wanted you to see it this way. Is that all right? I think sometimes we can get a bit, especially the gents, and I understand it. The whole bride-bridegroom thing can just be a little bit too too many kisses, too many kisses. Let's be real. All right, so so this one doesn't have kisses. It has a lot of water, (laughs) and it has a lot of power but it has the same yielding that's required to survive. In this choice to fast this week, I just felt like there's a shift that's coming anyway, and so we're just coming into agreement with it. End of June, so end of the middle of the year, we're tipping into a new period. It's where things come. um, It's like you might go on a bouncy ride, and then you hit the second half of the year, and things start to land. It's often the way that things pattern out. And so... I just encourage you to come into agreement with what the Lord's doing instead of continuing to fight to do it in your own strength. Is that all right? If you've been experiencing a lot of troubles, I just encourage you this week in fasting that you would choose humility, that you would choose letting go of your own strength. That's what fasting does. And that you would surrender. Does anyone else get anything from there that I don't know about riptides? Yes? Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's true. Yes. Yes. Heaven in a nutshell. Yeah. Yes. 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 But back, in order to catch right you on your board and you expect that you will just sit there stationary. Yes. Cool. sucking back, you have to start engaging. Catching. Yes. And so you can catch you it. Move, it in the right on the board. Awesome. Catch it. Awesome. Oh, nice. Fun. That sounds fun too. Why do people swim in the ocean? I do not know. Like lakes were fine for me. But um, yeah, so somewhere around here, just engage is what you're saying. Yeah, engage with the wave. Right. Is that okay? Um, hmm? What is the beach? This is what you're familiar with. what do you think it is? <laughs> yeah, for me, this is what's familiar to me right here. And when he brings me out, is going to be, it's, I'm going to be under, it's going to be secure and fine. He's going to establish you. You don't live in a riptide. It's a moment, but you've got to let the process of yielding happen for him to bring you to somewhere new. You've actually got to yield for him to take you into the new. It's a threshold thing. Yeah. It's massively obedience. Everyone loves that word. Everyone say, obedience, obedience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just making sure we're all in the same place. I had a couple of health checkpoints here. It says, um, a good health checkpoint is, are we living content without a daily and ever-growing experience of God's heart? Jesus insisted his disciples would not to fast while he was with them, but instead to rejoice like we were one day in heaven. But he'd awaken their desires so that when he was gone, they would long for him, and that was when the fast would begin. Another good health check. If we do not find that our hearts are mourning for more of him, then we need to recognize that our hearts have accepted a current state of barrenness as tolerable, bearable, and livable. Yeah? Then if we're not mourning for more of him and to know his heart more, then we need to recognize, and it's okay, the first part of healing is recognizing, yes? Then we need to recognize that our hearts have accepted a current state of barrenness as tolerable, bearable, and livable. A mourning heart is fiercely discontent. It has a desperate hunger for God. There has to be, the beauty of the Lord is that when you meet with him, he is so satiable. He is so, he meets you and he fills you, but hunger begets hunger. So you get met with him and your hunger is met and then he removes himself, not in, in the sense of he's gone, but he, you know how he does, wave upon wave. He removes himself and then you have this greater hunger for him. It's, it's expanded into new place, glory to glory, hunger to hunger. It, it creates a desperation, but it's not without an infilling. You don't walk all, around poor in spirit, as though you've never been met by the Lord. You have this pure, amazing contentment with him, and then a fierce discontentment that it's not the fullness of what's to come. Does that make sense? It's righteous to long for the Lord. He even says that they will mourn for him. All right, so a bridegroom fast is actually a focus on desire. It's understanding God's desire for us, but it's also awakening our own desire for him and we know that we'll not be disappointed. Blessed is he who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for they will be blessed the poor in spirit, for they will. Oh, we're so good with our Beatitudes, for they will see God. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so much in this that this period, I don't want to live here, but you know what? I want to get everything I can out of that. If this means that I see him more here, then bring it on. Does that make sense? It's a moment of, oh my gosh, to get me to wonder. It's okay. Does that make sense? Who's snoring? (laughs) I snort when I laugh a lot, so there's a fine line, but you know. dynamic purpose of lovesickness spiritual hunger is a divine gift spiritual hunger is a divine gift if you have experienced lack then spiritual hunger might not feel like a gift that's a healing issue put your hand up experience some rescue because spiritual hunger is a divine gift it leads us to seek greater experiences of his love regardless of the cost we don't calculate cost when you're hungry. There's always a calculation of cost. Hear me out. But it's like, but I know that I want that more than this. Does that make sense? Spiritual hunger dives out for the more. It, it, do you know if you struggle with an element of fear, especially with the spiritual things or... Anyway. Let's not dissect that through and through, but if there's a fear when it comes to the move of the Spirit, spiritual hunger, as in longing for Jesus, longing for the presence of God, longing for fellowship with heaven, not just the three, but all that heaven has for you, longing for that kind of fellowship where your ears and eyes are open will actually propel you over cliffs. It's like it's a bigger drive than fear can ever get to. Does that make sense? There's a, there's a real desiring spiritual hunger really pushes you through what normally would limit you. You need the desire to step out. You can't just assume that by nature and by God's good grace, I'm going to walk around and just encounter everything in the spirit willy-nilly. I said willy into the microphone. Willy-nilly. It's actually a hunger that, that pulls at you so that you, you go, there's this contention there's this reality that it's safer here because it's what I know, but oh, I don't know if I can live like this forever. I will die because it won't be enough. I need more. I need more. And he says that he'll come through. And so there's this little dance that goes on, and then you go, stuff it. And you let your understanding of dignity go out the window, and then you're reminded of everything that he says you are, which is full of dignity. But it's His design on you, covered by the blood, not our trying to keep our pants on to look cool. It's totally different to our understanding of meeting the mark, success, what we can achieve. I was thinking in the worship, you know, worthy, worthy, worthy. Sometimes we struggle with worthy. Worthy is God. It's like we're trying to tell Him He's amazing and it gets a bit exhausting. But if you consider your offering of worship as worthy... As one who has worshipped other things besides Jesus, I have given my life to other things besides the Lord. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. I have given my life and I have recognized that it was incredibly precious to give it away. When you give it to someone who is unworthy or to something that is unworthy, you suddenly realize how precious it was to give it away. What makes him worthy is that he's the only one right for the wonderful gift that you're giving. Money, success, people, yourself, will never be worthy of the offering of yourself but Jesus. That's why we say worthy, because what I have to give is so valuable. Giving my life isn't a cheap little thing. Oh, we'll just give our life to Jesus, great phrase. Giving myself is everything, it's me the me that I know. But who am I without Jesus, really? What do I have? What do I hold in my hands without Jesus? What am I obtaining without Jesus? What, what's, what am I doing? What are we doing without Jesus? Why does it have any worth? So when we say, I give my life, I'm going, I'm coming back into the fullness of my worth. I'm coming right back into, worthy are you to hold it and worthy are you To call me into who I am. He's the only one who knows how worthy this gift is. That's my life. He's the only one who will think it's more precious than me. He's the only one who understands that the gift of your life is more valuable than you even recognize it to be. It's him. So he's worthy, as in he's the only one actually worth the gift of your life. Everything else won't count it as precious like he would. No one else will teach you how precious it is like he will. So we long for him. We long to realign, to give ourselves into that. The power of the bridegroom fast is it makes us also grieve anything that's been in the way. Any sin, any lust, any brokenness that we've kind of said it can stay for a while, that's what we grieve. We grieve that it's been another thing pushing back against the current that's calling us into goodness, into new things, into freedom, into liberty. It's whatever's been pushing back. Any handshakes we have with other things. A bridegroom fast will reveal where you compromise where you're complacent. All of us do. We all live on earth longing for the heaven reality. And so when we when we take out, you know, we do the paradox of getting rid of everything that keeps us strong, foods and... <laughs> food really basically is the only thing that we need to keep strong. So when we get rid of food, because that's what we're doing, a food fast, when we eliminate food and we become weak physically, we become weak, the paradox is that our spirit becomes strongly in tune. Yes. That's the paradox. Yay. Just in case, what does paradox mean? Oh, paradoxical people. Oh. Woo! I'm so glad cuz it's like the first evangelical question. What does your church name mean? <laughs> it's not what who's Jesus. It's what does your church name mean? It's two opposing truths that are actually in contradiction of each other, but they work in of the same. Jesus was fully God, fully man. Yeah. He was on earth and in heaven. John three. It's really important that we understand it. It also means a wonder, like an, um, what is it like a, a magnificent thing, like a yeah, contrary, extraordinary, contrary to ordinary. So the, a, a fast is paradoxical, but it, it's it's obviously humbling because we recognise well. Wow, um, I thought I was a capable person, but now I've lost all the thoughts in my brain just because I didn't eat lunch. It's a good humbling, because everything that normally makes you function in a way where you can lean on your own strength for the day, food does that. It's just food, but food actually makes us okay. Who gets hangry? Welcome to the inner you, bubbling to the top. Welcome to the inner you. We always go, I'm just hangry. I'm just hangry. Take away food for a week, to some degree, whatever you feel the Lord's leading you to, and then you'll realize is probably a few other things. It was just the surface emotion when I didn't eat. Yes? So, it's humbling and it's okay. It should base us because we are in need of Jesus. He's the one who wakes us every day. Let's give Him glory for that. He's the one who sustains us. Let's give Him glory for that. Let's grow in our gratitude and our thankfulness. But... Fasting also means we need to wage um, war against what's waging war with you. So sometimes we become a bit dull, a bit apathetic, a bit complacent, compromising, but we don't recognize it because we get away with it. And then when we choose to fast because the church says we should, (laughs) when we choose to fast because we're going to drown if we don't. No, if we choose to fast. (laughs) It's okay. We can do this, people. We choose to fast. If we truly choose to fast, if we go, actually, I don't want to live feeling okay. I want to live full of desire. If we choose to fast, then we're going to notice what has been making us feel okay up until now. Because if it's not food we're leaning on, it's a whole lot of other things. They're called lusts of the flesh, but everyone, when we say lusts, goes, ew. But it's biblical, and it is what it is. It's the lusts of the flesh, and we all have them. Yay, no shame zone. Yay, no shame zone. We all have them. Who of you watched TV series is all one and go? Come on, come on, come on. Do you watch a TV series or in one go? Yeah, I know you fields do. <laughs> so you like to watch a bit of TV. There's nothing wrong with TV. Who likes to kind of swallow a whole lot of TV every now and then, especially when you've had like a few months of hard work and then you're like, yes, I've got a Friday, and then you do like 10 episodes. Oh, you people are so innocent. Thank you. Thank you. It's how to refuel, right? It's Not that these things are wrong. They're just uh, in a magnitude where he would rather meet some of those needs. Okay? I'm going to list them off because it just makes everything feel so good. Lust of the flesh. We have pride. Who can see their own pride? Ah. There's so much you can't see because pride blinds you. You see a little bit. There is so much more. We cannot see our own pride. Thank God for community and fasting. Okay? Pride. Unrighteous anger, though I know we often call it righteous because obviously it's got to have permission somewhere. Slothfulness. What's that? Laziness. What else is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's when your nails grow too long and you haven't done anything about it. (laughs) Women? (laughs) It's slothfulness, it's apathy, when you can't be bothered right now about your relationship with Jesus. It's not just laziness as in I didn't get up for work. It's laziness I didn't get up at all. I didn't fight. I didn't cover my home. I didn't listen to live in obedience. I just did the day. Slothfulness is existing. Did we talk about existing in the listening teaching? Takes courage to live. Okay, existing isn't the idea. Covetousness, lots of syllables in that one. Covetousness, it's a lot. Covetousness, I'm saying it a few times so people stop getting all like, ah, and they can just go, these are words, these are realities. Let's dissect them. What's covetousness? When you covet something, you want something of someone else's. Like maybe their relationship with Jesus because then you don't have to do the work. They went this way. That's all you need to do is go this way. Okay? Wishing that you could have the money, the car, the bling, 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 and the babe in the G string. <laughs> Advance Australia Fair. It's not success, first of all. It's also very empty. But covetousness has no value for the Lord's desire for your life and complete obsession with someone else's permission or sin, blessing or curse. It has no in-tuneness with what the Lord is doing within your track. You haven't set your eyes before you and gone, where are we going, Lord, and fallen in love with the path that he's got you on. It's always sweet. The path he has you on is always sweet. I love the momentum of the grass blades I keep eating. I'm like, feed me. It's so sweet. Your grass is lovely. You don't need someone else's. Yeah? Greed. So you just need more, eh? More. Greed. Greed. These aren't foreign people's things. These are our things. This is in the church, not outside the church, and this is us, not them. This isn't your spouse. This is you. Okay, it's not your mum or your dad. It's you. Greed. How good are we at giving away? How, how generous are we? Generous? Do you know what Jesus did? I just, you know, I just, just th- sit and think about where he lives in heaven, and I can't even grasp that. You know, the whole sea of glass and angels, and seriously, no one bugging him or telling him off or telling him a stupid gossip story. It's really peaceful in heaven. Think of the environment of heaven, no sin, no pain, incredible order, full of wonder. You're always in amazement, and he gave that up to be crucified for a people who couldn't recognize him and would forever live questioning things. About him till we die. Do you want to know what generous is? It has nothing to do with what we have. It's what we give away. Greed is such deception. Life has really nothing to do with what we have. It is everything to do with what we give away. If we really understand Jesus, it is everything about what we give away. Better to give than to receive. Not like, then you're a good boy. Like, better. Life is just better. It's more rewarding. Better to give than to receive. Theft. (laughs) All the gum at the store when I was six. I just loved stealing gum from the store. Yep. (laughs) Confession is important, not just repentance. Do you forgive me? Yeah, yeah, from the, from the, um, <laughs> from spa, all the chappies, I used to steal chappies, they were five tebby, so I'd ch- chuck, a, like, a tebby is like a cent, so I would chuck five tebby, ten tebby, and then I'd have a couple of my pockets and then show her the ones that I, everything for bubblegum, right? Theft. That's a real one, we just pretend it's not real, but theft is there. Do you know sometimes people go through things with the Lord and we suck up to them because we want to obtain some of the stones they've gathered in the hardest places and just have them on our shelf is something we can preach to other people too and look how far we've come in the Lord. It's actually theft. You've got to do your own hard season and you've got to get your stones. When you're given stones... You honor them as given to you, and you talk of them as your own, but you honor where they've come from, and you recognize that you didn't wage war for them. They were a gift. It's very different to talking as if they're your own. We do spiritual theft a lot. makes us feel really cool because we have all these amazing trophies of understanding on our shelf. Look how wise I am. Theft. Immorality. Yep. Deceit. People-pleasing is a form of deceit. Just putting it out there. Not revealing where you're really at. It's a form of deceit. Pornography. Stop it. Get ministry. You're feeding something way bigger than what you realize. Stop it. Please bring it into the light if you're operating in pornography. Please stop it. It, You are feeding slavery. It is just not okay. The reason why you're there is incredibly important, but the fact that you're doing it is not okay. Okay? Stop it. Homosexuality. Mm, And the whole rights thing... Goodness me! Thank goodness for women's rights, and now we've become so rights-oriented that everyone gets rights to do just what you want, and you have to just deal with it because it's my right to be me. We give up our rights when we become Christian. We give up our rights to anything. He calls us righteous, and He gives us wisdom in our boundaries, but we give up our rights. So there's a very fine line. There's a legal war against our our. I think, democracy rights that we can still have a voice for, but we need to understand that the Lord must stand on our behalf in these things. Bitterness. Ah. Ties in super nicely with gossip, slander, hatred. Super common if you enjoy a good soap opera. Do you know what? gonna put this out here for all you people like me who enjoy Instagram I love Instagram I'm not a big Facebooker but I love Instagram right flick through pictures I love I do a diary picture and then we print it out in a book and then I have prints of family life so that's why I'm intentional about Instagram if you follow a whole lot of people that you do know that's wonderful and then people that you don't know maybe people who have great influence and then you follow people you don't know that are like just public figures presidents I like following some of the royal family. I find them fascinating. I have to be super vigilant with my thought life when I scroll. Because when you see, you sometimes think you need what you see, or you criticize what you see. No one knows you're bitter, but it's in here. No one knows you slander, but it's in here. Oh, they're doing that again. They're such dopes. Um, Why did they buy that? They could spend it on this. If you're going to observe people's lives without tracking with them personally and make opinions in your own mind about them, shut it down quickly. You are feeding a cesspool of opinions, a cesspool of opinions, a sewer of opinions about other people's lives with zero understanding of what they're going through, why they've decided to do it, and where they're coming from. We get to look at everyone's lives because they're so lovely and brave or proud to share it, and yet we have our opinions on it all the time, even if we don't talk about it. That little pool grows bigger and bigger and easier to sit in the more you scroll. So I unfollow lots of things when I start to feel the judgment form in my heart. Even friends. Friends that I've known and they've moved on somewhere else. And if I find a judgment forms in my heart, I would rather they wonder where I am than me sit judging them every day. Unfollow. I don't need to know. Bless them, Jesus. Good on them. They don't need my opinion. I'm not even living in their circle right now it's a common pool. Bitterness, hatred, slander, jealousy comes in the same bucket. Cynicism. If you've left one church and moved to another a few times, you'll probably find there's a little bucket called cynicism sitting there because you've decided what you think is right and what's not right, what's healthy and what's not healthy. And you've got a little line and you're constantly watching to see if that's happening. Deal with it. very sorry to tell you this, but every single church is run by human beings people who don't know how to parent perfectly. I don't know how to love my husband 100% well. I don't know how to do team as vulnerably as I long to, but I desire to, and I'm held accountable to, but I'm also really just human. Doing prayer for a whole week in July, yes. You're led by humans, no matter where you go. Humans leading humans. So your goal is to follow the Holy Spirit And wherever he calls you to be obedient, then you honor it. That's your job. I'm here, and I don't agree with 100% of things Brad thinks or where he is on a daily basis, sometimes in his head. doesn't matter. I don't judge it. I honor. God's timing and what he wants Brad to think about that day is not the same timing as mine, and maybe what he has in thinking about is more important than what I think is important. My job is to honor Brad. It's to honor the Holy Spirit in Brad. If there's any fear in me, I better yield that to the Holy Spirit and then plead the blessing of God upon him that he might hear clearly and run in it easily. Not that he must do it my way and stop doing the things he's already doing. We don't get to dictate how he should live. We get to call the mercy and the kindness of heaven upon him. Don't be here and tell your leaders to be blind. Stop doing what you're doing and just... Sit here and honor your leaders and call heaven's sight upon them, and then be okay if you go somewhere that's terrifying, because you've just asked for the Lord to lead them, yeah? Drunkenness, super, super casual in our day and age, so permitted, so soothing, Ah, so denial, okay, overindulgence with food or entertainment, this is the beauty of the Western world, is that we have everything at our fingertips, and our choice is to say no, Go to Africa, and it's like the hope that they might have something. Here we have everything, and we have to say no. We live in Abundance Street, and we have to sit with the Lord and go, in abundance, what do you want me to eat? Sometimes it's not the whole friggin' feast. Sometimes he's asking you... Don't do that for a season or cull it out of your life completely. And you're like, that's rigid. I feel like I can't socialize anymore. It's not about you. If he says something that seems harsh, it's for a greater good thing he has for you. You'll like not mind that because this. It's never like, suffer. I like watching you suffer. It's not his nature. If he says, cull that out of your life, and you go, sure, Lord. Out of faith, though, that burns like anything. I'm just going to go, sure, and turn to you and look for what you have for me. There'll be blessing. There'll be blessing. There'll be something tastier. There'll be something sweeter. Hey. Legal and illegal drug addictions. No compromise there. Anything to do with addiction means we welcome a whole lot of other things at the same time. Is that Okay. When we fast, those things get more and more exposed. We might already see them, but fasting reveals them because we've chosen to be even weaker. And really, the reason we've reached out to those things is because we're weak. Okay? So this is where we get to recognize, repent, renounce, reckon to death. It's all the same sort of process. But... We need to be in the light in fasting. Let the light of your face shine down on my heart and let me feel it. We want to live in the light of Jesus. Your glory is so beautiful. Fall down on my knees and, all. and the heartbeat of my life is to worship in your light. The whole beauty of christian living is running after the father in the light no shaking hands with darkness no shaking hands with secrets no shaking hands with something in the corner just in case option a doesn't work what if he doesn't come when i give my time I can tell you now the whole exercise of intimacy with Jesus is a day-by-day, drop-by-drop reality. And in 10 years' time, 5 years' time, 2 years' time, even 1, you'll look back and go, Oh my goodness, look at what he's done. But if you're looking for that sensation in one day, I'm not convinced you're going to get it. It is a drip-by-drip just as much as when we lean into the lust of the flesh. It's a drip-by-drip expansion in our lives when we lean into the fruit of the Spirit and the holiness of Jesus, it's a drip by drip and we expand into the goodness of God, you become His design for you. Don't look for quick fix, Jesus. Look for relationship, Jesus. Look for the God who takes every care with every block that He establishes in your life. Brick by brick, He will build you. Okay? So, I'm going to leave it there. Who knows how to swim? Okay, we're okay. Who doesn't know how to swim? Oh, Rod. Who doesn't? You can float. Isn't that wonderful? This is for swimmers and non-swimmers. It was my whole point. The only part that's not going to work is if you panic. But it is good to learn how to swim. But yes. <laughs> Note to self with Toby. All right so, just want to cover the practicals. Go through the teaching I posted last week. We'll put maybe a reminder of it on our page again today and tomorrow, because this might not come up till tomorrow anyway, and we would have started. Chat about it with your life hubs. If you're not meeting and gathering now over a coffee, talk about it on your page. You can network it. You can do, uh, us three are going to do Monday and Tuesday. You four do Wednesday. You can spread it out, team it, do it together. It's a corporate understanding of agreement that we long to move where he's going. We long to long for him we long to learn surrender all right now I recommend food but I also say that you can also fast your Facebook if you like it's okay because some people go I just fast my phone and then I'm like well do both but food is really the one that just exposes um, incapacity to function Facebook just exposes that you had an addiction and now it hurts all right Let's just be real. <laughs> now I'm like, I don't know what to do with my time. <laughs> I all thought I had no time, but actually I have a lot of time. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so you can do one, you can do two, you can do three, you can do breakfast and lunch and, and eat at dinner. You can figure this out. You, Holy Spirit, chat it out within your family for parents needing to feed kids. It's the whole tea. But we also encourage you to feast while you fast. So that's your spiritual Discipline. All right. It's our spiritual worship that we give a sacrifice of our bodies because we are spirit beings. So we sacrifice our bodies to the Lord so that our spirit may function. So what we're going to do is we're going to post on the page. Sucks for you who are fasting Facebook. But we're posting on the page each day. It should be up there. We're going to put a focus of who God is, scriptures that kind of support that, and a couple of songs you can download to soak to. So you might be like, I'm not quite sure. I usually would eat at this time, and normally when I eat it's a dash. Here's the kind of stuff that can set you up in that time. And we encourage everyone to take communion. Take communion each day. Everyone's like, I'm not eating, but I've got this loaf and my two bottles of wine. We're We're okay. <laughs> We're okay. (laughs) So it's going to be fine. Everybody's like, I love this kind of communion fast. Let's live like this. Um, So for those of you who are celiac or don't do bread and obviously don't do wine, you don't need to be so particular. It's about the meditation and the application of who Jesus is, what he gave, and what we can receive from his death, resurrection, all right? So for me, sometimes it's literally in the morning with Toby, but I'll grab a corner of my toast and my coffee, and I'll separate it from what I'm doing for two minutes, and I'll meditate, and I'll thank the Lord for the body. When I thank him for the body, I'm not just appropriating healing, I'm appropriating my place in the body. He's welcomed me into his body. So I receive everything that is to be part of the body of Jesus. So it's important just to really ponder on what it means to come into alignment with the truth of being the body of Jesus. All right. And then sip your coffee or whatever you have. Don't drink coffee when you're fasting. Really bad. Really bad. So water. Yay. I love water. Water. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to weep just about that. Anyway, but when you have your sip of water, you're appropriating the blood over your whole home, the protection, the healing, the sanity, the covering, the forgiveness, the redemption, the power, the prosperity. You pull that over your home, your household, generation, yes? Spiritual warfare, there it is, blood of Jesus. So you just appropriate that for your day, all right, or wherever you decide to have it. Remember, we have the prayer room on Wednesday and Thursday. You can come to both. You can alternate so that your, one of your spouse is home with your kids. That's what Luke and I are doing. Luke's coming Wednesday, I'm coming Thursday, all right? So break it however you want, but what we've made sure, we've organized the leaders to cover those sets, so that's locked in. But you can pick which one, 7 to 8.30, can I strongly encourage, if you're going to go to any prayer set, the best time to come is at the start. If you have to leave early, that's really understandable. But if you can come at the start, it just helps everyone move in the same place from the beginning. All right? Don't make that a reason not to come if you can't get here at 7. I'm just letting you know it's helpful if you arrive at the start. Is that okay? And then we've put an actual event up for Watch. So if you're coming to Nightwatch, which is awesome fun... Click on there what time you're coming so we can expect you. It's the middle of the night. It's good to know if you're coming. And if you haven't come, we should go, hey. Not that we'd call you. No, that would be bad if you're sleeping. Anyway, but it's good just to know where you are and just to, just to be aware of each other and to sort of call each other in. Again, if you can't do three hours, that's totally fine. Don't, don't feel guilt or shame about that. But it's helpful if you come at the start of a watch. So they go every three, six to nine, nine to twelve, twelve to three, three to six. So try to come at the start of a watch, and if you can only do an hour or two, that's fine, but being in the beginning and kicking through is really helpful. Catching the same wave uh, at the same time, all right? I really feel that night watch is going to be super helpful. It's regional. I'm good friends with, oh, do you remember Steve Scrimger? He came and spoke on Compassion. Good friends with their family. Hi, if they're listening. And uh, one of their sons has a lot of spiritual warfare happening in his sleep, and so I prayed over them when I visited them this week, but I was like, we have a night watch happening, I need you to tell me how he's going afterwards. It's really important. We're covering the night hour. We're covering the sleep and the sleep of our children. Yes? Everything that is in heaven, we want it and we need it. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Yes? So are we okay to hunger for Jesus? Are we okay to learn how to hunger for Jesus? Can we come in that posture? We don't have to know. This is a book that um, Lynn Tipper lent me, I'm so grateful, um, The Rewards of Fasting by Mike I IHOP Kansas City. He has a whole section on the bridegroom fast, heaps of content, so if you're looking for books, that's another one we can recommend, but really the teaching that I did a few years ago that we reposted is so thorough, so if you're wanting to know health reasons, do I do juices, do I do meals, it's all in there. How many days, why did they do that many days? It's all in there. Pretty much. Otherwise, you can also feed your own maturity by grabbing some books and reading the Word. Is that all right? Should we pray? Should we just pray that we would go in the tide? You pray. No, no you. Okay, come on.
1: Okay. Um, we just uh, spoke. We'll also do an email send out of those little update things. So if you, don't, if you get emails from Paradox Church, uh, we have like a thing... Uh, has a weird name, Elvanto, uh, which is all like the kids check in, all that sort of stuff. But we've got like all our life up information, everything's on there. So, if you get emails, but if you're like, oh, I've never received an email from Paradox Church, maybe check your junk mail or see Linley at the info desk and she'll grab your email address, put it into the um, database system thingo thingamajiggy and, uh, and you can then get emails. So, if you're fasting Facebook, then you can receive it that way. Amen.
0: Should we stand and pray? Should we all step into the water? You just have to be ankle deep. It's coming. All right? If you don't want to be in it, you need to run away really quickly now. Ah. <laughs> oh. It's just be in prayer. You know, in prayer, we can speak in tongues. It's prayer. It's okay. Prayer and singing in tongues. Let's go. We just step in. We step in. Even now with our words, with tongues coming from our lips, from a yes coming from our lips, from a sound coming from our inside, Lord, it's our yes beyond our understanding today. In preparation for everything that is this week, even in the sense of drowning, in the weakness that we will experience, Lord, yes to where you're moving us, yes to where you're taking us. It's just a moment. It's just a moment, but it's full of everywhere you want to take us every new thing that's coming, Lord. And so we say yes to the transition, yes to the change, yes to the pace of this week. Lord, it will have its intensities. It'll have its highlights. It'll have its crushings. It'll be unique in its experience, Lord. And so we say yes to even that, that we would just surrender to this week. We would surrender to your spirit this week, that somewhere in us would be a bowing. There would finally be a bowing, that resistance would be broken down, that pride and stubbornness would bow, any part of fear that's been held, holding us captive, Lord, we just, we just, we recognize this week as a breakthrough week, that everything that's been held captive would be released into freedom, would be released into freedom, Lord, that we would no longer be operating with bondage and obedience, but we would be living liberated and obedient, Jesus. We lean back into your loving arms this week. We lean back. We surrender to love. We surrender to peace. We surrender to a God who says who he is, and he is who he is, and we can trust it. You are who you say you are. And Lord, would you draw out. The true emotions from your bride, the desperation, the groaning and hunger, the deep desire and wailing, the, the unsatisfied desire of your bride. That, that there would be permission, not just from emotions of pain that are from our trauma, but there'd be, promotion, there'd be permission for the emotions of longing there'd be the permission for the emotions of desire to come through the emotions of your bride the righteous emotions of your holy spirit the ones that you call out and you delight in the the groaning that's actually full of joy that we wouldn't try and categorize it too much into, into the 90s and what we've seen before. If it's kind of a Pentecostal perspective, we would just desire you and whatever it is. And it can come out however you want, but God, our bodies are living sacrifices Our bodies are living sacrifices, and we want our souls to be one with you just as our spirit is one with you. And so, God, lead us this week into oneness. Lead us into true hunger. Lead us into the hunger that overrides fear, the hunger that overrides our bondage, the hunger that overrides shame, the hunger that overrides despair and and poverty. Lord, the the hunger that rises up and leans into you, it leans into you. It leans into the word that is coming into our lives. It leans into hope. It leans into the future that is now, Lord. It leans into heaven. Come now. It leans into heaven now, Lord. We need your kingdom here now. We need it now. We want everything that you love and desire there. Every bit, the peace in the atmosphere, the singing of the angels, the cheering of the ones who've gone before us. We want it all and we want it now, Jesus. The voices of heaven cheering us on. We want it now, God. Let heaven abide here, not just drop in drops and give us... Bits of frosting on a cake, Lord, let it abide. Whatever you're building in heaven, build it here. Let it be welcome here. That there would be no resistance here to your movement. For the way that you build is beautiful and the way that you move is delightful. The way that you move us is extraordinary and we want it. We want the dignity of your kingdom, not the dignity of earth. We want the dignity of the kingdom. We need it, God. We don't want to live another day thinking what we have is enough. It hasn't been enough. Things are not changing. Things haven't changed that we've longed to see change. We need your kingdom on earth. We need your kingdom on earth. We need the kingdom on earth where the opposition has been great. We need your thousands upon thousands of angels. We need your kingdom on earth. where we've just lived dictated by things we've seen in the past because we don't know where we're going. No longer, God. We need your kingdom on earth that we would look forward and see your vision and we would see your new things. We would see your new things and we would say, yes, yes, build it, build it, build it, build it here, God. Build your new thing here, God. Build your newness here, God. Yes, Jesus, let Your current move us with no resistance, no resistance, no fight, no wall, no blockage, with no doubt, no fear, no compromise. Let Your Spirit move, let it move, let it move. Move! Let it move us. We don't want the old anymore. Move. Move. Move, God. Move. We do not want to stay where we've been any longer. Move. Move, Holy Spirit. Move. You have our yes. You have our terrified, I don't know what this means. out of brokenness. You call us the redeemed. You. You have our yes. You're the only one worthy of our yes. Not even I am worthy of my yes. You are worthy of my yes. You are worthy of our yes, Jesus. My sight is not worthy of my yes, but your sight is worthy of our yes. And my breath, it's not worthy of my yes, but your breath is worthy of our yes. God, bring us alive again. That we would be radical in our daily mundane obedience. That we would be radical In our simple, loving Jesus. Fires lit up again. Because mere human understanding hasn't done much for us. And our brokenness hasn't left a path of healing behind us. But you, Jesus. Your radical, powerful spirit can move and when you move, mountains move and when you speak, chains break and we don't want to be in the way anymore we don't want to be the bride opposing the groom we don't want to be the bride judging the groom mocking the groom shutting up the groom locking the groom in a cupboard Lord, where women's rights have revealed a very unhealthy way to do the bride, we repent. We want to link arms and run with you. And Papa, if it means that we will stumble less if we have our eyes shut, so be it. If it means we'll trust you better if we just shut our eyes, so be it. Move how you want to move this week, God. Cup us all in, everyone. We are so expectant. And right now, even where it's terrifying, we are hopeful. We are hopeful this week. We are hopeful again. We are a people of hope again, because when we surrender, hope is ignited. We are people of hope once more, amen. Amen. Enjoy the only food you're going to eat, amen.
1: Awesome. So uh, kids, ministry is finished. In, you've got two minutes to wander down and pick up your kids. Uh, if, uh, so obviously dining hall, a couple of buildings down, uh, tea and coffee and uh, some snacks. Connect with people. If you're new or visiting, would love to, to connect with you. Um, again, if you're not connected into a live hub, please just head straight to the back. Uh, see the guys at the info desk and they'll uh, get your details, get you connected in. Bless you. Hopefully see you during the week.